Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the in Doubt Show. Woo. Andrew here. Happy Monday, Chris. Oh, there they are. They're a little slow today. They're a little slow. It's fine. Um, happy Monday, Chris. Brendan, how you guys doing? Fantastic. Come on. Good yeah. day. Beautiful day. Oh, it um, is. And wonderful weekend. Uh, you guys had a good weekend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a good weekend. Actually, you know what? I had a good weekend, but my kids are sick. Uh-oh. And uh, yeah, I got a text actually this morning that uh, my boy's throwing up. Oh. That, that just sucks oh, when uh, kids are sick. It's really yeah. hard. But uh, it just happens. And then, of course, I'm playing with my son yesterday. And again, I made a joke. And he starts laughing profusely and spits in my mouth. And I'm just like, oh, great. I'm probably going to puke in 24 hours. So I know where I got it from. Uh, but uh, we, got, uh, we got a good show for us today. A really good show for us today, actually. We're talking really about good. some really, really great things. Uh, talking about persecution, what that looks like. Um, but I want to introduce our guest because uh, I'm just really pumped about it. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about him first. I know he's not going to brag about himself because uh, he's a humble guy. But we have Andy <laughs> Steigar. We have Andy Steigar here. He's the founder and president of Apologetics Canada organization dedicated to helping churches and Christians across the country understanding and engaging with today's culture. And man, we need it more than ever these days. And so I'm so grateful for his work. Uh, he has a book that he wrote called Reclaimed, How Jesus Restores Our Humanity in a Dehumanized World. A PhD from the University of Aberdeen in Scotland. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. We yeah. have Andy Steigar in the house. Can we welcome Andy Steigar here? Come Ooh. on, folks. The legend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, everyone said it. Wow. So that's like we chose the arena one today. <laughs> that's a big deal. Well, whoops. Wow. Uh, Andy, how are you, man? Uh, well, I'm better now. What, what an introduction. Yeah, so Amazing. many fans. So yeah. many fans. Uh, no, honestly, it truly is a privilege. I know you've been a part of InDoubt for uh, a, quite a few episodes. I have. Uh, we just love you a lot. Well, I love this ministry. It's great to be here. That's awesome, man. So, um, you know, you do a lot of traveling. You do a lot of stuff in universities, conferences, churches, prisons. Uh, you do weddings every weekend. So if you're looking to get married, <laughs> AndySteigar.org. No, I'm just kidding. The last time I saw him, we were at a wedding together. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. So if you're engaged, uh, yeah. contact this guy. But uh, but you were literally just in Egypt, which I, is like my hometown. Yeah. What town? part of Egypt are you from? <laughs> so I was... That's a country. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, no. <laughs> My home country, my homeland, my homeland is what I meant to say. Oh, that's uh, sorry, I have jet lag. I went. I just came back from Winkler. <laughs> this guy came back from Egypt yesterday, and he's as sharp as a yeah. Anyways, uh, so my mom is from um, Alexandria, and okay. my dad's from Luxor. Wow, and I'm from Surrey. <laughs> so it's not technically my homeland, but. Alexandria is a beautiful place. And yeah. in fact, I, I was there as part of this trip. Okay. Yeah. Did you go to Luxor too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I saw a little clip of you and there's pyramids yep. around. So tell us what you were doing. And did you see any of my family members? Like, <laughs> no a, Marcus family. No, no. Mark. Come on. But uh, I was there with a colleague, Wesley Huff. Okay. And we were filming a new series that's going to be launching called Can I Trust the Bible? Hmm. So probably, you know, surprises people to go, well, you know, why were you in Egypt? But when we talk about the Bible, our oldest manuscripts come from Egypt. Just wow. that dry, hot climate preserves everything. Wow. Even uh, the people. Even the people. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> my family ages so dang well. It's because they're Egyptian, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's a, th- it's a thing where it's like they always look like they're in their 40s. And then, you know, they go to 780, then all of a sudden, boom, they look 700. It's like <laughs> it's one of those things that there's no like a slow aging. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll take it. You know, yeah. if I can look young till I'm 80, that's fantastic. And he's going to look great when he's 65, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, old and wise. Yeah, old and wise, yeah. yeah. Like Egyptians. Okay, so, and then you were also in Germany and Poland. 
when was that? Is that for a different? Yeah, so we wanted to get as much filming in as we could. So yeah. when we were flying back, we stopped in Germany, rented a car, drove out to Auschwitz, actually. Wow. Yeah, and we were doing some filming at Auschwitz. Yeah. And then we uh, drove to Berlin and yeah. some more filming in Berlin. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and wow. then back home. So the Auschwitz camp in Poland? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. the biggest biggest concentration extermination yeah. camp yeah. Uh, was, yeah. is, is Auschwitz. And it actually, a lot of people don't realize this, but it's made up of three different compounds. Mm-hmm. Auschwitz 1, 2, and 3. So Auschwitz-Birkenhau is where we were doing most of our filming. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very sobering place. But important. You know, there's a there's a monument there that says, you know, that this place is is uh like a a reminder, Mm. right, of what happened, but also to stop this from ever happening again. And so I think it's important we talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I've been there once. It was years and years ago. I was doing a music tour and we were in Poland and we got like a tour. Did you take an actual tour with a tour guide? Yeah. Yeah, because that was like just it was really hard. Like the the spots, they say, yeah, this person would sleep and it's like a little like cube and they'd have to stand up and sleep for like two weeks or something. It's like the crazy things they did there. Yeah, like with, with regards to that, a lot of people don't realize a lot of torture took place yes. here as well. Yeah. And that was yeah. one of the ways they tortured people is they'd make yeah. them stand for days on end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So crazy, man. I was like so blown away by that. It was just really hard to see. Um, so- by the way, there's some irony there going on. Because right now in Berlin they are hosting the Special Olympics, hmm. and those were the those were the people that were being part of the people that were being exterminated and part of the eugenics programs, and wow. and so what a shift right of worldview that's taken place now. Those people are are celebrated uh, instead of murdered. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Wow, worldview matters. Worldview matters. Worldview matters hugely. There's a lot of things that people just try to bury or say that's not important or we don't need to think about it. Let's focus, but. It's actually really important. Mm-hmm. So, so when do these um, series come out? Yeah, so we'll be launching the Can I Trust the Bible as a part of a number of conferences that we have coming up in cool. Saskatchewan, in Ontario, cool. and British Columbia. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then they'll come out online after we yeah. after they are shown as a part of a part of the conference lineup that we've got coming okay. up. Yeah. And then the other videos with regards to dehumanization mm. that's a part of uh, some work that I did where mm-hmm. um, I wrote a, an article that was published with the Supreme Court Law Review in Canada. Okay. And I wanted to visually explain the argument that I'm making mm-hmm. with regards to MAID. And so that's part of the filming yeah. that we did. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's going to be some great content and looking forward to it coming yeah. out. And MAID, like I see people on my Facebook often now where it's like, they're deciding to do this or their families or their parents. Or- oh, people are wrestling with it in all sorts of ways. I had a friend also reach out to me, you know, where his grandma is considering maid and wants the family to participate in her death. And I mean, we're talking about ethical questions that people have never had to deal with or even thought that they would ever have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we need to help. We need to help people think through this. Yeah. Yeah. And so are you, so you have resources on this? Like, can we, uh, link people to specifically that because I feel like that topic is growing fast. We we do have resources okay. on it and we also have different physicians that partner with us that are speaking out on oh, it. Oh good. That we are we are helping to get in front of as many churches as we yeah, can. Yeah, that's amazing. Praise God. So we'll make sure that we resource indoubt.ca we'll have all the links uh, to Andy and all all those specifics on makes. I think it's very important that we're uh, actually talking about this. Um, again, it's something that we could easily, like I see people post and I'm like, I don't even know how to engage with them right now. 
because mm. it's just how do you you know these are Christian people and they love the Lord and they're saying yes and amen to this and I just gosh that's yeah. yeah. And a lot of people don't realize the complexity of it. That you're dealing not only with the patient, but you're also dealing with the physician mm-hmm. that's that's participating with this and the family. So it's a complex issue oh, that we need to talk yeah. about. I didn't even think about that. The physician involved. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sheesh. Okay. So there's there's so much stuff going around the world, and I think it's important maybe for a moment before we dive into a great topic on persecution. Let's do some breaking news. Let's do it. All right, so there's a few things I want to talk about. The first one, I sent you a link, and then it was the wrong link, so I feel bad about this, so you don't know what I'm about to say. <laughs> but uh, but it's okay, because I trust that you are going to speak into it. And, and I trust stuff. you. Yeah, okay, so um, there's a worship leader uh, in the States, and he's going around across America and doing these kind of worship events called Let Us Worship, and it's been um, you know getting a lot of traction, more than like a typical CCM you know Christian artist tour. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting things happening with it, but... Uh, it was a, there was a huge response from the Satanic Temple, and I just read this yesterday. So the Satanic Temple co-founder, and his name is Lucian, and I think when I was reading it, I thought it said Legion. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? The, the co-founder's Legion? Okay, so Lucian uh, plans to uh, copy this Let Us Worship tour, but they want to call it Let Us Burn. Um, so according to the law, the government must remain neutral regarding religious viewpoints when granting permission to parties seeking to take advantage of public accommodations. So for this reason, the fact that public representatives that have found this worship leader to perform openly Christian nationalist events uh, with state capitol buildings uh, leaves little in the way of the legal rationale whereby Satanic Planet, which is this movement, might be denied. So Satanic Planet has submitted a request to do this event at some Capitol building on August 12th, which is coming soon. And it's called Let Us Burn. And they're trying to do like a kind of a fundraiser to raise 15 grand to put on this Let Us Burn tour. Um, so it almost seems like a joke. But when you think about Satan and how he is like masquerading as a, you know, light, but it's just like this artificial light. It's this uh, fake light. It's kind of very similar to this. It's like, hey, they're, Christians are doing something. We're going to do something that kind of looks similar, but it has its own uh, spin, if you will. Um, but this is the worship leader's response. Very telling that Satanic Temple wants to copy our Let Us Worship tour. Rip off our logo. They have an upside-down cross. Uh, they don't do this to other worship tours. The devil is always trying to counterfeit what is authentic, basically. And so imitation is the highest form of flattery, he says. Satan has never been creative, had never had creative ability, so he only tries to pervert truth and that we see that clearly in scripture and so i just found that wow i look at headlines today and i'm like i can't believe these are headlines for the day that there would be a let us burn tour um i even seen like this uh like i it just blows my mind how much traction does this actually have like how many i think that's obviously a small amount of people yeah (laughs) right it has to be but then at the same time Matthew 7, the wide path I'm learning is a lot wider maybe than I thought. Do you guys ever find when you're reading the news that sometimes you just need a break from it? Oh, yes. This is so depressing. Yes. (laughs) I I honestly try to be really careful, Mm. but I'm like, okay, what's happening in like the Christian world these days? And then I'm like, wow. But I think the news is very, very, very overwhelming. 
Mm. Um, kind of sucks when it's part of your job, though. Yeah, <laughs> kind of seriously, right? Yeah, yeah, you have no choice but to see what the heck's going on in the world and how do we mm. help Christians um, stand on truth and stand on hope because it's hopeless and false. You know, you made a good point there, Andrew, that we got to guard our souls. There, there are these moments where you're like, you know what? I'm not going down that rabbit trail. My, yeah. my soul has, has yeah. taken enough beating for yeah. today or this week or yeah. this month, and I'm just going to guard my heart. Yeah, and even when like I like look at that article, and then of course with algorithms and AI, now they know I've looked at that article. Mm. So now every two seconds on Facebook, it's like this freaking <laughs> demon class. Let us burn. Freaking, let us burn, like how to be a demon in seven easy steps. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that one never happened. Thank God. But uh, now that I said it, it's probably listening to me. Oh, crap. Now I'm getting like demon lessons. Yep. Um, but it's just, it is overwhelming. We need to guard ourselves. It's this balance of we need to guard ourselves, protect ourselves, but also be aware of what's happening mm-hmm. in a healthy way so that we know how to pray. You know, this last Sunday, we're going through Second Corinthians at my church, and we're talking about how the the battle we face is not really of this world. It's a, a spiritual battle. And mm-hmm. so we need to, you know, Ephesians 6, suit up, put the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, all these different things. But then we have the sword of the spirit, which is our offensive weapon. And we can use that to actually fight. And uh, so when we see these lies of let us burn or all these things that are happening or all the the, the agenda that's happening to specifically against Christians, um, we need to be aware of it. We don't need to be overwhelmed by it because we know who won. Um mm-hmm. But we need to be aware so that we can, you know, actively fight through prayer and through just being in the Word. And so um, I'm sure most people who are watching this are not planning to attend the Let Us Burn Tour. <laughs> but if you are, uh, retur- <laughs> if you could return your ticket or just burn it. Actually, burn it. Burn it. Yeah. Burn Take the a video, ticket. send it to us. <laughs> Hashtag in doubt. <laughs> Tag us. <laughs> Burn your ticket. Let it burn. Okay, don't do that. Actually, don't do that. But just don't go if you're thinking about it. That's uh, terrible. Anyways, um, (laughs) I don't know if it's a good segue. Well, I think it is a good segue (laughs) into what we want to talk about because talking about persecution. Mm. And I think on the one hand, I actually really appreciate what the response was to this is saying, listen, it it does remind us when we see these sorts of things that we're on the side of truth. I mean, if if. Christianity didn't matter, you know, Satan wouldn't care to attack it, but Satan continues to attack it. And so on the one level that can encourage you, you're like, well, clearly Satan cares uh, about the truth and I'm on the side of truth. And so we're going to see that. But then on the other hand, I think there's the frustration that we all experience right now that we're living in a culture of persecution. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like the kind of martyrdom kind of persecution, but we live in that more of that low grade persecution of what I just call cultural disgust. Mm-hmm. where you're just not liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I see it more and more all the time. Um, it's And I think that's probably why a lot of churches and a lot of Christians are trying to just fit into culture and mm-hmm. try to and not stand out. Because if you stand out, you're going to be disgusting and not fit in at all. You know, my wife, I'll, I'll say this little story because I think it's just fascinating because it's just happened. And then we'll segue into persecution because I feel like she's, going through this low-level, you know, persecution. So we talked about this a long time ago. There was this book that our Christian preschool that our son is going to, he's four years old, now he's five, but he was four at the time. And they're trying to teach all kinds of just weird things. It's a book called The Naked Body. It's filled with a lot of these things um, that are just not age-appropriate. Like, it, it was just terrible. So my wife... for a four-year-old. For a four-year-old. Wow. It was crazy. I can say it was crazy. Um, for a four-year-old at a Christian preschool. 
So I brought it up and I said, hey, like, let us know when you're doing this book so that we don't come because I'm not bringing my four-year-old to see this because not even the parents understand this. We're, parents are wrestling with this. So how is a four-year-old going to process it? Anyway, so we didn't take him and he was off for the whole month basically. And, um, and so, you know, my wife and I stood up and we are trying to like address this. And my wife went to go meet with the head of this preschool. And there's a preschools all across the province with this kind of organization. And so she sent it to all the families with pictures. This is what's happening. No family responded. So I thought that was also weird that no one really cares. And fast forward, she tried to book with uh, the head to kind of just walk through how this is, you know, unbiblical and all these different things and Genesis 1 and Romans 1, all these different passages. And and she emailed every single church that has this preschool in their church because a lot of them are tenants in these churches. And most of the responses from the churches were, uh, we're really disappointed that you're not uh, affirming. Like, how could you be so one-sided and how can you not trust that? Like she sent me, she CC'd me on all these responses. And most churches are actually upset at her for being so like one-sided and not loving and being like Christ. Wow. It's it's crazy. And so now that she's getting just attacked by all these people who are saying this and saying that. And I'm just like, oh, like all these churches are saying yes and amen to a lot of things that are just not yes and amen worthy. And so I'm watching her stand for truth, stand out, being salt and light. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the churches are just saying, no, no, no. Like we, we think this is fantastic. And I see the persecution that's happening. And so usually when we hear the word persecution, we think Egypt, Korea, China. But there's persecution happening in Canada and in America. In our churches. In our churches. So let's yeah. walk through, okay, are we living in a time of persecution here? What does that even look like? What does this subtle persecution look like? Well, you know, persecution comes in degrees. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was saying, we're, you know, we're not living in that heavy handed kind of persecution yeah. that we read about where, where people are losing their lives, but we're, we're actually living in the kind of persecution that was more familiar to the early church. Mm. This is the kind of persecution that Peter is writing to in first Peter, for example, where he's encouraging the church in the midst of the persecution that they're experiencing, which is more of that cultural disgust where mm-hmm. where we find ourselves in the crosshairs of culture. And what's interesting, and I think it's a good segue, Andrew, because when Peter's writing to the church that's in the midst of this, he's basically explaining that what you see and what we see is either like a fight or flight response. Hmm. You know, it's either, you know, I want to attack the culture because I'm feeling attacked mm-hmm. uh, or I want to escape from culture hmm. because of that attack. Whereas he introduces us more to this idea of, okay, what does it look like to, you know, be these a, a godly witness in the midst of persecution where we lovingly engage and mm. hold to truth? What does that look like? Mm. That's huge. I feel like Christians today, like, have no concept of handling that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially my generation. It's like, yeah. well, I'm not liked for this anymore. It's yeah. like, what? And they have no idea. They, they don't know how to respond. And so the fight or flight definitely kicks in. Yeah. There's fight. there's fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. Do people freeze yeah. as well? Like, uh, I just don't even know what to do. I just don't do nothing. You know, I... Th- I or I think is it more do. just fight or flight? Is the... No, I do think you see freeze, and I think we all feel this one. Hmm. So, for example, you know, Andrew, when you're out and about and people ask you, what do you do for work, right? Or, you know... <laughs> freeze. Right, and you, <laughs> you might be like, I have... Uh, 
You do have those freeze moments, right? That's interesting. Where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen in this moment when I tell them that I do the In Doubt yeah. podcast yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Where, or I work at a church or, mm-hmm. you know, especially for me, I run an organization called Apologetics Canada, right? Yeah. That's evangelistic. Yeah. It, you know, what, what, how are they going to respond? I actually had this just the other day when I was flying to Egypt. Yeah. Uh, a girl was asking me why, was, that was sitting next to me, was asking me why I was heading there. And, and it's always those, those moments where you're like, okay, brace for impact. Like, what's going to happen? Is the seatbelt sign still on? <laughs> you're stuck, girl. <laughs> Let right. me tell you everything about Christ. Right. You can't even leave. And so I think that's that freeze moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. on a plane you can't you can't escape. Right? Yeah, exactly. There's she's no fleeing. She's like, crap! I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So what? Do you, Brendan makes a good point though. A lot of young people are like, we don't even know how to process this or how to engage with. Oh, just because the change is happening so fast. It's happening so fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, and I think this is why it's important that we talk about this. And when we think about, okay, what did Peter have to say? Specifically, what did he have to say to the church? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he talks about, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this, mm-hmm. because as he gets into chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and as you know, particularly with me doing apologetics, mm-hmm. he, it leads kind of like this to this climax moment in 1 Peter 3, uh, 15, which is that like apologetics verse, right? To give an answer mm-hmm. for the hope that you have, uh, which is that word apologetics or mm-hmm. apologia. Now, and then he says so to do so in, in gentleness and respect, right? Give, a, give an answer for the hope that you have and do mm-hmm. it in gentleness and respect. But as he's leading up to that climax moment within this culture of persecution, he first says in chapter one, listen, don't be afraid. Don't fear culture. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that are in that fear mentality. Mm-hmm. And Peter says, don't fear culture, fear God. If you, mm-hmm. you know, God's the one that you should be fearing. And then in chapter two, he begins to quote Isaiah, hmm. Isaiah chapter eight. And I'd encourage people to go and to read that because he's quoting from a time that they were experiencing intense persecution as they have, you know, with regards to the Babylonian or the Assyrian Babylonian captivity, right? They, like this was, this was an intense moment mm-hmm. that Peter's quoting from. But what he gets at, I think, is really important for us to think about. And as he's quoting Isaiah, he's quoting where Isaiah is talking, where, where God's talking and saying, either I will be a sanctuary to you or I will be a stumbling block. Hmm. And I think that this is a key idea for the church to consider right now as Peter you know, oh, challenges man. us. Are our churches a sanctuary or a stumbling block? Are, are they a place that people can go for safety or are they a place that is just leading to their destruction? <sighs> Wow. Thoughts? That's, and well, here's maybe a yeah. thought. Let me throw a thought to you. Okay. Here, because here's what I think we have to think about. What does the sanctuary church look like? Mm. In in the midst of the persecution going on in Canada, what would you say are the are the markers of a sanctuary church? That's a good question. I mean, it's obviously easy to see a stumbling block church. Mm-hmm. We're good at that, aren't yeah. we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, oh crap, what is a sanction? It's <laughs> yeah. like all I see is stumbling block churches. But I think, a, so what would, we, what would you guys think? Well, in the words of John Newfeld, uh, you may have heard of him. Bible believing, Bible preaching church. I think, it, I mean, it, as long as you, how do I word this? For me, it was like a sanctuary church for me would have been like they prioritize like community. Mm hmm. 
uh, and where everyone is actually treated with love and but it's not exclude mutually exclusive with truth yeah if that makes sense yeah so but community was huge for me community well I, I think you you've hit two really important ones a place that is that's bible believing bible teaching right that is faithful to the word mm-hmm. right because right now progressive christianity is a huge issue it's you know we got a lot of cultures as you were already talking about there andrew cultures that are or churches that are capitulating to culture yeah Right, and so we're saying, okay, well, a sanctuary church is one that's not taking its orders. They're not in fear of culture; they're in fear of God. So, if you're in fear of God, then you're going to be faithful mm-hmm. to His word. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, an important hallmark of a of a sanctuary church. But now, that second one is so important: community. I would, I, I agree with you. My time pastoring, I pastored for twenty years, and I would, I would argue that community is essential. I had a young adult uh, that was over at my house the other day having dinner with my family and I. And it was interesting talking with her because one of her critiques of the church, if we're going to talk about stumbling block, and I think this is one we have to give thought to, is she said she said one of the, her challenges with her church is that it feels like a Hallmark movie mm. where everybody is all smiles and, mm. and everything. You know, it's like they're all singing the Lego theme song, everything's awesome. And she's like, listen, everything isn't awesome. My job is a dumpster fire right now. And, and she's like, and I'm going through all sorts of persecution mm-hmm. and challenges. I'm on mental health leave at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like what, what real community is authentic. It's where you can be real and mm-hmm. talk about what's actually going on and not put on this hallmark facade. Yeah. How does that hit you guys? Yeah, I think that's huge. I feel like I, I noticed that in church ministry, it's just easy to... Um, uh, put on the smiles. I remember I led worship at a huge church in California. It was like eight or 9,000 people. It was massive. And um, after the first service, they took me to, the, we all went to the back room and there was a, it was like five minutes after the first service. And there was a huge whiteboard and there was all the things that were listed that were right, all the things that were listed that were wrong. And my name made the wrong list and I was a guest. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and, and we're in the room of like 30 people, camera guys, tech guys, worship team, pastors, and we're all discussing, okay, what went wrong? And I'm like, oh my gosh, my name's on the wrong list. Like, <laughs> what the heck are they going to say? And, you know, I shared a story of a song that we did. We did a song called You Are With Me. And the story is not like a happy-go-lucky story. You know, my wife and I were battling a lot of sickness and different things. And that song was birthed as a prayer out of a season of hardship. And so I share that story. And then we do the song. And so they complained that my energy level was low and I wasn't like <laughs> smiling enough. And, um, well, and it, it has to be like happy, 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 happy. Everything's perfect. Yeah. And I'm like, that's crazy. I can't share that story happily. Like, I mean, in hindsight now, yeah, I'm grateful for God walking us through it. But in the moment, it was like, you know, it was hard. And um, but they just wanted it just had to be smiles, happy. But that's obviously not working because we're all just lying on the platform. We are actually lying to the people because none of us have a perfect life. Well, especially in a time of persecution, to imagine that we're all going to come to church in a time of persecution and, and sing everything is awesome. Yeah. What, what a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just like, I feel like that's a huge stumbling block that we think we're doing a good service. We think we're creating the space that's safe and, you know, comfortable for people. But people are leaving because they're just like, this is not, like I, 
I can't be here because I don't fit in. I, I'm my yeah. life's a mess. Even the, the even the the term sanctuary church is is kind of like a little just very slightly off putting to me because I'm like, oh, I, like although I view my church as my home. Like another the next thing I was gonna say was discipleship, and discipleship is hard, and it doesn't feel like sanctuary. It's and, like the, and, you know and, what I mean? and I was even going to say with a sanctuary because you mentioned like a safe place. That's what we mean by it, safe uh, place. But then I also thought, okay, if we're doing Bible teaching, verse by verse teaching, that I mean, it's going to make a lot of people feel unsafe. Yeah. Because you're yeah. speaking so against what everyone's trying to say yes and amen to. Right. It, you know that's interesting because it could, it, it definitely could feel off-putting to you. Yeah. Because it's this is a challenging message, especially within the culture. That that could challenge you. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely could see that. But that, that's that's an interesting part, though, of what's happening. Is saying, okay, is this church actually leading you to Christ or leading you away from Christ? And this is an important concept that we have to give thought to, mm-hmm. because one of the challenges that I see when we think about a sanctuary church versus a stumbling block church is a stumbling block church is the one that tells you everything that you want to hear, though. It tickles right. your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And here's another one that I think that we got to be aware of is that kind of goes along with it. And that's the celebrity culture mentality. Oh, man. That has been so ingrained in these these last couple decades mm-hmm. where we need, to, I think we need to really rethink uh, what a sanctuary church looks like mm-hmm. in that, in asking that deeper question is this church leading me to a person, a pastor, or to Jesus? Mm, yeah. Yeah, all like the preachers and sneakers and stuff and all these like celebrity <laughs> pastors like, ah, oh, my shoes are like $25,000. I'm like, that's terrible. Well, because I, I meet people, right, that, that leave the faith, stumble, right? They yeah. stumble. Why do they stumble? Well, because whatever pastor that they really looked up to that was their celebrity or their author or their singer, right, that was, that was yeah. their, their, their sanctuary, if you will, they mm-hmm. fall, right? Mm-hmm. They, they um, you know, they commit adultery or leave the faith for whatever reason. They're not faithful, mm-hmm. and now they're questioning their faith. And it's like, well, what are you exact? What 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 was your faith actually in? Mm-hmm. Right? If it, if it's those people that are that are causing you to stumble, uh, clearly the sanctuary wasn't Jesus. And yeah. So I think those are deeper questions that we've got to ask, especially in a time of persecution. Yeah, that's huge. We need to point people to Christ. Anything else? But let me ask you guys: like, how do we deal with this whole celebrity mentality, especially? in a day and age where everyone wants to be a celebrity. Yeah. Right? Everyone wants their po- own podcast. Everybody wants to be an influencer. Everyone <laughs> wants as many likes oh, okay. as possible. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. right? Like yeah. the, our culture is just feeds into that extreme yeah. individualism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny, Andrew? Uh, we just in I, just a random thought that I had. Uh, I, I take this with a grain of salt. It's not that serious. But like the discussions we have around like, oh, this real, this real blew up. Yeah. Let's analyze this reel that yeah, we posted. Yeah, what yeah. was good about? How, what did we do right to get this to blow up? It's like, yeah. Now I'm not saying that's the goal of it, but no. it's, it is an interesting topic. It's like, oh, that's yeah. like as soon as something like that happens, it's like, oh, that's what we gravitate towards. Yeah. And, um, it. But do be, we though? Well, just like, in, recently, no, 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 recently we've had mean. yeah, but recently we had a reel like explode. Yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah. this is awesome. We're preaching the truth about what the true gospel is. That's pretty cool for that to explode and people to start engaging and atheists are talking and Christians are talking. I guess we're asking what's exploding. Is what's exploding yeah, yeah, pointing yeah. to Jesus or yeah, pointing yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Yeah. That, that was yeah. great. Yeah. 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 But I think we gotta ask that question because we all like we the the you know, the hot takes. For sure. But 
what 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 are we promoting? Are we promo- promoting ourselves? Or are we promoting Jesus? I love what Paul says. It's been like an anthem for me as a pastor and mm-hmm. into this day, where he talks in First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse one. He says, "Follow after me as I follow after Christ." Mm-hmm. What are we pointing people to? Yeah, and it's actually really cool when you think about that because it's like, are our lives worthy enough to say, "Hey, you know what? Follow me," because mm-hmm. Paul is just a regular guy loves the Lord and is pointing people to Christ, but he wasn't perfect. But he's saying, hey, follow my example. Do we have the confidence to tell people, hey, look to me. Follow my example as I follow Christ. Well, that's what's going on, though, in this culture. Everybody's saying, follow me, literally. Mm, yeah. Follow yeah. me on Instagram. Oh, yeah, follow like me on Literally, Twitter. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, follow me on Facebook. Yeah. But where where are you taking people? Are you pointing people to Jesus? Hmm. Yeah, that's huge, man. And, and I think going back to like sanctuary, so we're talking about discipleship. You mentioned discipleship. You mentioned community, uh, Bible-based. I feel like when we do those things, it's a safe place. It's also a scary place for some. I think some people might think the Bible teaching is a stumbling block and they will leave because of it. Mm-hmm. What do we do in that situation? I mean, obviously, we're not going to stop preaching the truth. We just stand out. And that is probably a form of persecution where... But, th- but this is an important one that Peter gets at, and I have just seen being more and more relevant in our culture, in that with regards to the persecution that's happening, as it amps up, I'm just finding people getting more and more angry. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you guys are noticing the same yeah. thing, but the rhetoric just keeps ratcheting up, and Peter keeps talking about loving people throughout First Peter and about engaging with people in truth, but doing so with gentleness and respect. And so... You know, at Apologetics Canada, when our, our tagline is to love God and to love people. And we take that directly from Jesus' mm-hmm, teaching mm-hmm. where he's quoting from the Shema or Deuteronomy chapter 6, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. So this is the question I think we have to keep putting back in front of us is in a culture of persecution. Okay, am I afraid? Am I running from culture, from people? Or am I engaging? But am I doing so in fear, which is leading to anger? Or mm. am I doing so in reverence to God? That in, in whom loves people and is teaching me to love people. And so I'm engaging in a way yeah. that's respectful. That is tough. I like, was just going to say, man, like I don't even know how to do that. Well, <laughs> like I think, it's really hard. I think part of it is just understanding that like it's not my job to save this person. Yeah. If, they wanna, if we're preaching the truth and, and, and preaching it in love and they reject the gospel, it's like that's that's part of it too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I find like... um even with that whole story with like my four-year-old, uh, the I don't know. I hope it's righteous anger, but there's definitely yeah. anger. Like now you're you're trying to, you know, indoctrinate and groom and do all these things, and it's like, it's so now when I see people in the supermarket or whatever, and it's like attached to this whole thing, and I'm just like, oh, I, I'm repenting publicly in front of you today that I just like I instantly start like my blood starts to boil and i'm like no i don't want to hate people but i hate the sin and the agenda mm-hmm. but now it's kind of trickled down to the people for me and mm-hmm. now it's like man it's hard to be loving and engaging gracefully it is and that's bad i know that's bad but you know what this is a safe place. Andrew. It is a safe it's place. A safe, this, is, <laughs> this is my sanctuary. Right. And you yeah. can be honest. And let's, yeah, yeah. let's have some, some yeah, yeah. real talk, right? Yeah. Like where we can be real. But notice, okay, you've got a young 
you got young children. Yeah. I got my children a little bit older. And one of the things that I notice that parents need to be aware of is your kids will take their cues from you, hmm. right? And so what, what am I teaching my children? Am I teaching my kids to stand for truth and to do so lovingly and respectfully, mm-hmm. you know? Or am I teaching them to, to be angry and spiteful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and so it's, because it's interesting, my kids watch me, man. They watch mm, I what, I, what, what I say and how I treat people. And, and I want them to see what we see in Jesus, that Jesus stood for truth. He did, he was faithful, mm-hmm. faithful to truth. And he never stopped loving people all the way to the cross. Jesus is beaten, yeah. right? Publicly shamed, humiliated to his death. And what does he do? This is the reason I'm a Christian, man. What does he do? Besides defeating death, right? Before you know the resurrection, what does he do that honestly is crazy? He looks at these people and says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He still Jeez. loves people. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, this is what I think this is a revelation every Christian has got to come to. You are not Jesus. Hmm. I'm not. Like, but I want to be. Hmm. Right? I want to be like him. Yeah. I want to learn to love truth and people like he did. Hmm. Man. That's huge. How are you feeling over there, Chris? You're just getting wrecked. This <laughs> guy's like, I think I'm soaking so it all. I can see a tear coming down. Yeah. Like, We've never had a guest ask ask this many questions. No, I love so this. This is, this is so awesome. Yeah. I love this. I feel yeah. like this is like the. I'm excited about September when this becomes kind of the new format where we're all mm-hmm. just engaging together. Mm-hmm. Um, this is awesome. Okay, so according to the Bible, what are um, some what is necessary for the church to be a sanctuary in times of persecution and not a stumbling block for people? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that we need to do is be more honest as we're talking mm-hmm. through this and as we are uh, acknowledging that we live in a time of persecution. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we need to do, and I love that Peter's quoting from Isaiah. Think about this. Mm. He's quoting from Isaiah, acknowledging, listen, the church people have been going through persecution throughout all of history. There's nothing new about this time. Mm. If you think persecution's new, like get back into your Bible, man. Like mm. persecution's not new. This has been going on. Yeah. And and I think that we need to be real about that and also to appreciate as, as Peter is, it's been worse. Yeah. It's been way worse. Oh, much worse. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we can learn from those that have gone before us with regards to persecution and how to love uh, our enemies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because I... When I was okay, when I was in Berlin, mm-hmm. I went to a museum. I don't know if you know this. Uh, there's a museum in Berlin called the Pergamum Museum, and they have the Gate of Ishtar, which it, they have the walls and the gate hmm. from Babylon. Wow! That has King Nebuchadnezzar's name on it, declaration. Wow! And uh, and so I'm there. I'm standing there looking at this thing, and I'm thinking about Daniel. Hmm. Think, talk about a guy who went wow. through persecution. Yeah. yeah. Right, and I'm thinking, man, there's a lot I could learn uh, from Daniel and mm-hmm. and what he went through. And so I think one of the things that that the church needs to appreciate is we can get because what I'm trying to get at. I hope I'm being clear here, but what I can what I'm trying to get to is we can fall into. There's another thing besides fight, flight, and freezing. Complaining mm. is I think is is one of the issues that we probably are falling into more than anything right now, where where we're just kind of. Um, it's just a lament. Hmm. Interesting. Which which isn't to say it didn't happen, right? We got lamentations. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I think think we're kind of in like a lamentations moment right now, culturally, Hmm. where Hmm. we're lamenting uh, a lost 
time where we're we're now in this post-truth culture and we're we're lamenting truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder, does that have a lot to do with again the culture that we have known in the West as compared to the other cultures, Middle East and you know, Asia and whatnot, where they're used to being the minority population. Mm-hmm. So they have nothing to like they don't complain when they see persecution because that's their normal every day. That's what I was trying to get at when I said oh, my generation doesn't know how to handle like, it. It's like we've, this is all we've gone soft new, yeah. essentially Interesting. in the West yeah. when it comes to this sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think we're also realizing that as this persecution has ramped up that there's a lot of people that actually aren't um, Christians that we thought were. And there's mm-hmm. some, and there's churches that uh, are not Christian churches that are capitulating to culture, and and honestly, it is a good thing, you know. And it's also really sad. It's really sad. The emails that I saw that m- my wife got from these churches who were saying like, "We're so disappointed that you're so <laughs> one-sided." Like, actually, thank you for telling us about this preschool yeah, so that we yeah. could personally email them and share our support. That's what they're saying. Uh, so it's like, oh, you're not actually a brother and sister in the Lord. Like, are you reading? And, and you know, there's another friend that I was talking to, and um, you know, their church is affirming and doing all these things and welcoming, and you know, all these things happening. And um, you know, so he approached his pastor and said, "Hey, like, like, how are we? Why are we doing all these things?" And he said, "Are we really going to make that big of a deal just because of six verses in the Bible that talk against holy, us?" Holy smokes! Wow. That's his reasoning? Yeah. And I'm like, in my opinion, how many verses do you need? Like if God <laughs> if God said one time, hey, this is wrong and it actually will harm you, do I need five more times? And let's be honest, there's more than there's more than just five. Uh added to the fact because sometimes we get caught up in what we're against. Yeah. But think about how much the Bible's talking about what we're for. Uh, which tells you that that other thing is wrong, whatever yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. So you don't just talk about the negative verse, talk about the positive of how God created, and then, okay, now it's actually from Genesis to Revelation. It's just, you can't avoid it. But here's the question. I mean, even as you're talking, I mean, it's just so easy to get frustrated, right? I it's know, It's so man. easy to get angry. And man, if we're if we're not careful, mm-hmm. that that can become our... Our default. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's a lot. Of, that's a big default for a lot of people I know personally. Yeah. Like anger? Uh, well, like, just like annoyance, frustration. Yeah. Like, yeah, what yeah. The heck, like, why would they, you know yeah. what I mean? Just like, like reverse disgust. Well, and it's interesting in what be- they believe. because the gospel doesn't come out of that. If anything, you're like, oh, yeah. Let them burn, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, you want to burn, just burn. Like, yeah. I, I've had it, you know, and yeah. we're ready to light the match for them, sort of idea. And that's, again, one of those questions of the gospel that I think is tough for us right now is, Lord, break my heart for people hmm. that they might know you. Yeah. Uh, because we you know, we often forget, guys, we often forget just how broken people's lives are. All we see is the outer anger, right? Mm-hmm. And we forget how much hurt is behind all that. And I have talked with so many people lately that have come to faith that has just really broken my heart because I'm like, oh, man, I forget all that's going on behind the scenes yeah. and about all the hurt and seeing you set free in Jesus is an important reminder that I need to have if I'm ever going to tell you about Jesus and I'm not going to be the one lighting the match going, let this yeah. whole thing burn. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's such a big one. And I feel like it's just very convicting for me personally because I'm like, oh, I think I, I, it got ahead of me. And I feel like my default has become frustration, annoyance. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not. I know it's not the right way. And, and, and there's one more that I think we should mention. And that is that we need to be reminded, and you already talked to us about this a little bit at the beginning, that we're in yeah. the midst of a spiritual yes. fight. Yes. And this has really shocked me as well. I've talked to a number, a number of people I've talked to recently that have come out of the LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. uh, worldview have done so because of spiritual engagement. Hmm. I, I've been fascinated by the number of people that have just engaged with the demonic hmm. and asked these questions like, is there anything more powerful than these spiritual forces as they encounter Jesus? Hmm. A lot of the new age movement that's happening right now that is so popular, like oh. we are out of a time of atheism and we are in time of new age, yeah. I, I would argue. Yeah. And we can't, and I think so, Right now, we're in this time where we're really wrestling with the spiritual component that yes. we really haven't in the past. Yes, that's actually huge. We actually just did a series this last month called Spiritual Things, and it goes through Enneagram, yoga, horoscopes, like all these things that people are dabbling with. They're just trying to get these spiritual experiences, but it's like, guys, this is very dangerous. We've got to be very careful. It's not Jesus and whatever you're doing, because a lot of Christians are messing with some of this stuff, but it's like it's Christ only, like just be in the word. And, well, and I mean, think about other ones that are happening right now too. Drugs are huge right now. Yeah. And people promoting, you know, mushrooms and these yeah. other different, what, mystical experiences that, yeah. oh, you got to, if you want to have a spiritual experience, you need to go do some drugs. Yeah. And I again, these are those things I think we got to get real about and talk yeah. about and yeah. point people the truth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just had a friend um, just text me today and showed me a picture of this little jar and I was telling Chris this, in like a fast food establishment, kid's bathroom, right on the change table in the little corner was like a little jar of crack. <laughs> wow. Can you believe it? Sorry, I'm laughing, but that's like, what the heck? Unfortunately, but, I can yeah. believe it, right? Yeah, yeah oh, that's yeah, what he that, said too. This uh, is yeah. right. He's like, actually, unfortunately, yes, I do believe yeah, it. I'm like, seriously though? It's like, because the kid saw this little jar, starts playing. Imagine if he opens it. Wow. Like, you know. So it's obviously strategic and evil and like, it's just, Wow. Did I, I sent you the photo of uh, it was it was it was the Israeli Defense Forces like promoting yoga. Yeah, we can put the little picture right up here because I, yeah. I, uh, I uh, <laughs> it was on their like public Instagram. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Israelis taking a day off to yeah. just kind of empty their minds and fill it with demonic. That's like perfect. <laughs> then grab a gun. That's a really good combo. <laughs> That's terrible. So so we're seeing persecution everywhere. We're seeing. It's happening. It's coming up. We don't know how to deal with it because we're in the Western world. We've never really stood out as, you know, and we're seeing a lot of churches falling away. A lot of churches saying yes and amen to whatever the world is saying. And so it's like fewer biblical churches. You know, it it does look bleak. It does look discouraging, but we need to take heart and we need to be encouraged. So what can you give us a couple things of what a uh, uh, biblical sanctuary should look like? We talked about Bible-based, we talked about community, we talked about discipleship. Um, are there any big ones that, that we missed? Well, I, the big ones that, that I would, would say is we need to, a sanctuary church is one that loves God and that loves people. Yeah. And this is a huge one for our culture right now. I, I'm telling you, and if there's any pastors listening to me here, mm. when I talk with young people today, one of the things that they are constantly listening for is my tone. Do I love 
people? Mm-hmm. Do I yeah. really love people? Because I find this so fascinating. Right now, I would argue that when you're speaking into culture, pathos precedes logos. In other words, they care more about how you're communicating than at first than, than what, what you're communicating. Yeah, yeah, because they don't care how good your argument is. If they see that you're a jerk, yeah. they're, they're just going to yeah. write you off. Yeah. And right now, it's interesting that in a time of persecution, a person that loves people stands out, man. They are the light in the darkness mm-hmm. and attracts people. And I'm seeing that more and more. So I keep asking myself, okay, am I spending time in the Word? Am I spending time mm-hmm. with Jesus? Is he teaching me how to love people? Because I'm telling you, uh, Andrew, I'm with you, man. I, I get angry and I get frustrated. Yeah. And... And Jesus is constantly pulling me back, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, Andy, let me teach you to love people. Yeah. And right now I'd say a sanctuary church is one that's, that, that keeps that in focus. Okay, I'm going to love God and be faithful to mm-hmm. him and to his mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Teach me, Jesus, to love people. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about the balance between, like, because a lot of these churches who are saying yes and amen to all these things is they're saying, well, we're doing it because we love people. Like, we're trying to show love, but is there a difference between love and affirming and saying well, yes the, to something. The priority was like, love God first. Yeah, and be and faithful then, to his word. Yeah. Well, that was exactly what I was going to say. That was perfect. He's careful though. Brendan, yeah, <laughs> because because our culture, progressive Christianity yeah. flips it on its head. And it says, mm. no, 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 no. Don't love God, love people, love people. And then you decide yeah. it'll teach you how to love God. Yeah, oh yeah. Right, they get it yeah. completely backwards. Yeah. But also affirming isn't necessarily love. No, not at all. Like, but that's what our culture is saying it is yeah, love. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, we like, would argue that truth and sharing truth with people is the most loving thing that you can do. Yeah. yeah. And so that that's why, you know, truth and love go together. I, I mean, G, what Jesus said has never been more yeah. important, right? That he is the way, the mm. truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. And that's important because think about how that works, by the way. When we're saying that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we're saying that truth is going to lead to your flourishing. Mm-hmm. And so I want to tell you about Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's the way mm-hmm. that you're going to experience the abundant life, or we would yeah. call the flourishing life, yeah. right? So I, I want you to experience life the way it was meant to li- be, the, what's going to lead to your good. Yeah. But that's what's yeah. going to happen with truth. Yeah, It's like somebody telling you that your car is best used as a lawn ornament. Yeah. You know, and, and then somebody else comes along and goes, no, 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 it's actually used to, to transport you from, you know, you can drive it on a freeway. Well, it's a lot different, right? Mm. When you're in a car that's yeah. flourishing, yeah. like living out its purpose on yeah. the freeway. Mm. By yeah. the way, I was just on the Autobahn in Germany. Oh, okay. oh let's go. I'm not how even going to tell you. Go? I'm not even going to tell, tell you. No, but it, it's legal. It is legal. But I feel like anybody that hears this, you know, like, can I share how fast I went? I I. We're all I about, wish I was there. We were all. We're I all want about, to go there. No, I don't wish because I have like pretty high anxiety in the passenger seat. <laughs> it was obviously over 160. No, I didn't go Miles over. I did not. Kilometers. <laughs> kilometers. Yeah, I did not go over 160. But I will say this: often I was doing about 140. Okay, and that's not terrible. No, I do that. In I was, Coca-Cola. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but people okay. were zipping past me. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I could. They must have been going 200, yeah. 180. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. felt slow. When they whizzed by, it, yeah, like, it I? justified my 140. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay, but let's sure. go back to the Coca Cola though, because yeah. that's a little. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> but honestly, we want to flourish, right? We, we want to flourish. Yeah. We want to flourish, and, and that you need truth if you're going to flourish. Yeah. And, th- and and just to just to reiterate that a thing flourishes. What we mean by that, a thing flourishes when it um, when it's fulfilling its purpose. Mm-hmm. And we were created to love God and to love people. It's going to yeah. lead to our good. I love the 
having the proper order. Love God, be faithful to his word, then love people. And so truth has to be involved in that loving process. We talk about being all grace, all truth, all the time. It's like you can't have, if you're all grace and no truth, then it's like we're leading people astray. What are we even leading them to? There's no truth. If it's all truth, no grace, we're jerks, like you said, and it's just aggressive. Yeah. So it's trying to find this to balance. graceful, truthful. I know you're going to be offended by this, but this is just what the word says. And, you know, it's, it's a tricky balance. But we need to be salt and light, which is distinctly different. We need to stand out. And, um, yeah, there's one more question that I know we were talking about. What are some of the key concerns to be aware of in Canada? How can we be aware of what's happening? Yeah, I, I firmly believe that Canadians need to be engaged with what's going on in their culture. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of Canadians are not engaged. They're not aware of what, what's going on. And, so, and, and I take that personally myself. That, I mean, that's why I have written uh, some of the articles I've written that's why I've done some of the speaking engagements that I've done. And in fact, I mean, I've, I've spoken at the World Congress of Philosophy of Law yep. twice now. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that? Because I think that we have a responsibility to yep. be engaged in what's going on. It's easy to point your finger in the past and go, why didn't they say anything? Well, we got we to gotta ask that question right now. You know, yeah. why am I not saying anything? And am I, am I standing up for truth? So uh, listen, I mean, that's a balance because I'm not saying to become that we all need to become these political activists mm-hmm. sort of idea, but we do need to be engaged with what's, what's going on in Canada, mm-hmm. yeah. especially if we're going to love mm-hmm. uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, for example, we need to be aware of what's going on with MAID mm-hmm. uh, because these are unique circumstances that are going on with MAID, um, medical assistance and dying or euthanasia. So, for example, we've got brothers and sisters in Christ that are in the medical field there are nurses and physicians and of various stripes, and these medical professionals are struggling. And that's what I mean about being a sanctuary church. A sanctuary church needs to be a place that we understand what's going on in the culture and that we're not just leaving people out high and dry mm. to try to fend for them themselves ethically and try to navigate all of this by themselves, but coming alongside people. And I think of four main professions right now that the church really needs to love and understand what's going on. Medical professionals, legal professionals, education professionals, and business professionals are struggling. Hmm. Uh, Right now, burnout has never been higher in the medical field, Hmm. uh, for example. And and my heart goes out to them. And I think as the church, we need to understand what's going on and we need to come alongside them and we need to help. And and that means then that we can't be quiet. We need to understand and we need to engage. So one of the things, for example, we do in our church as I run a thing called Questioning Christianity. It allows people to question, raise, you know, raise questions. It allows people to engage and dialogue together. But I mean, there's, there's much more that we need to do mm-hmm. uh, as, we, as we understand what people are struggling with and, and seek to come alongside them. Because right now, it is really hard to be a Christian in those four professions. Wow, yeah, I can imagine. Oh, I really yeah. difficult. Yeah. I can't imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and part of it, by the way, is just you need to understand things like uh, in Ontario and Nova Scotia, not only do we have things like made, but those physicians are forced to give a referral. That puts people in a real ethical bind. Hmm. And I do believe that as Christians living in Canada, we need to understand even the what's going We need to understand things that we took for granted in the past, such as the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And we need to appreciate that we have the right, the freedom of conscience and religion. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't appreciate, and, and I think this is interesting, maybe it's a good place to end on, is that shortly after the persecution that Peter writes about, 
we have an early church leader named Tertullian, you know, living in the second century, you know, around the year 150. And he's writing in the midst of that persecution that's now ramped up even more. Mm -hmm. And he gives an argument, an apology, an apologetic uh, that you can read. It's called the apology. And he gives the very first argument for religious freedom that we that we have. Wow. And we are recipients of what he beautifully argued for. And I think that we have a responsibility again to stand up for truth, Mm. knowing that that this is important, not only now, but for years to come. Yeah, for the next generation. I think of our kids and our kids' kids, and I'm like, oh man, if we don't stand up, you know, wow, that's a good word. Man, so many good things. We're going to have all these resources available on uh, indoubt.ca. You can go to the resources page and make sure when you click this episode, you can see these articles, even see this apology. Um, we want to make sure that we're we're not, this is not fake news. This is real <laughs> news. Okay? So we're going to give you, you know, can fact check, but uh, we hope this has been helpful, has been insightful for you. It's been a blessing to you. Uh, I feel like I've just been so blessed. Thank you so much for your time, bro. I mean, we know, we you. know you've, we've had you on the show a lot. We're going to have you a lot more because uh, this is fantastic. I'd love to even have you come and maybe discuss Made More and mm-hmm. kind of your journey with it and how you've been standing up for truth and just kind of unpack that. I think that'd be really helpful. So uh, we'll have you back. But uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. So good to be with you. It was awesome. God bless you guys. Happy Monday. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.